Welcome to the Parenting Balance Podcast. My name is Kelly Williams. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and an ADHD parenting expert by experience. I'm here with my partner. Hi, I'm Teresa Van Pelt. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and anxiety parenting expert by experience. And for the past 10 years, Kelly and I have had a family practice in Florida. This podcast is for parents who want to really understand what's going on with ADHD and anxiety so you can ditch the chaos and feel confident and happy again. Hi, glad you guys are joining us today. We have a hot topic to talk about. So I'm a member of many ADHD groups groups on Facebook, and I often see parents asking about oppositional defiant disorder or ODD. They wanna know how to treat it, is there medicine for it? But you guys already know from listening to us that ADHD is not a behavior problem, and it's not a discipline problem, but we also know our kids have problematic behavior. So today we're going to explain the link between emotional regulation and the behavior problems we see in our kids. So I gotta tell you, I think that the diagnosis of ODD comes from a clinician that doesn't understand understand the emotional symptoms of ADHD. That's exactly right. Amen. I am really guilty of dismissing, you know, Mm -hmm. and this is something that I'm working on when someone says, oh, my son was diagnosed or daughter was diagnosed with ODD in my head. I don't even hear that diagnosis because in my mind, Mm -hmm. that isn't really a diagnosis. Well, Uh, well, it's informative, but... I feel like it's harmful. Right. Actually, I, I feel like it's harmful for a professional to go to a parent and say, Sorry, there's nothing you can do. Your child is oppositional and defiant to the level of a, def- of a disorder. And there's no medication to treat that. So here you go. That's right. <laughs> when in fact, okay, what's really going on here is that the child's emotional intensity is not being validated. Right. Period. That's it. And that emotional validation is what is kind of the cornerstone. It is the foundation of relationships being able to kind of put yourself in your child's shoes no matter how much you agree or disagree with what they're going through and i have a lot of practice with this (laughs) trust me on this one right but the connecting part of parenting your kid is the understanding part this is what builds the empathy and that's the foundation of all of our relationships and I think it's particularly hard for parents of kids with ADHD. Oh my gosh, it's so difficult. Look at I can tell you, here's what goes on at my house currently. You know, if you're frustrated about your schoolwork and I say, hey, how's it going? Can I help you? No, right? Like there's such a nasty reaction mm-hmm. because the frustration has already built built up to the point where no thinking is happening because of course our brains can't think when intensity is too high. And what comes back at me is so off-putting that I, I don't want to help her. I, right. I want to tell her, go to your room. But you I don't happen, talk to me like that. Right? I happen to know your kids very well and yeah. they're amazing kids and I love them so much. So I know 
that they're not bad kids. But they are not bad kids. (laughs) Right. They are not bad kids. But boy, that reactivity is like so annoying. Yeah. So I think I feel like it takes superhuman parenting strength to um, be able to like work through that to be able to to deal with that day in and day out day in and this covid home school from home thing is hard oh man i'm like on the last nerve right it's it's really rough and a lot of the i'm actually really proud to say because here's the problem when you're the therapist is your kids won't let you counsel them okay it's harder I actually want to have an episode where we have our kids on here to tell everyone and to talk to us to tell how hard it is for them being kids of a therapist. All right. Well, my kids don't want anything to do with me. Mine don't either. But none of that snake oil that I'm selling. But my one saving grace, again, is our community, right? Because we have this practice. We have our, we have our therapy practice, which is like our community. Mm-hmm. And I am like so amazed by the awesome, like the difficult things that these families that I work with are, are coping with right now. I'm learning things from families. Yeah. So it's, it's not like, you know, it's not like they're just hearing from us the experts and we're telling them things oh, like no. they're coming up with some really creative solutions exactly and that's what kind of feeds me that's what keeps me going with my obstinate kids who don't want to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> all right but wait we're supposed to be talking about uh defiant behavior all right and so we started this out by saying that emotional validation being able to validate how your kid feels is kind of the key to breaking down the defiance because we know our kids with ADHD and and even anxiety too I would say they're more sensitive yeah so they feel things at a different it it looks out of proportion well here's what I tell the kids I work with in my practice it's like the volume is turned up in the brain and uh, with the neurological differences in ADHD, the scientists have, have shown, actually, that there aren't as many, they call them protective factors. Think of it as like screens on your window, right? Mm-hmm. And it, so if your house is on a dusty road and you have a screen in the window, it's going to keep a little bit of the dust out. And if you put three screens on the window, it's going to keep even more of the dust out. And our brains sort of operate that same way. Um, there are these sort of screens that's, that dampen down the environmental stimuli. Well, non-neurotypical brains don't have as many screens. So the, the stimulus comes in loud. And what we see on the outside then is like this overreaction in response to how the stimuli hits the brain. But when we, as parents, see that overreaction and we go, hey, calm down, right? Yeah. We're invalidating our kids' experience every single time. Yeah. And then they start to feel like they're overreacting. They're crybabies. Nobody understands them. Well, where the defiance comes from is they go, why bother? My mom doesn't understand. You know, she can't help me. She doesn't understand. Right. Because we've never demonstrated that we do understand. So how would someone go about validating 
their child's feelings. <laughs> I know. Okay, so it begins. Let's. We got to start with the easy. Mm-hmm. Remember, um, I always say this: you can't kind of you, you can't be at like a level three and jump all the way to an eight. Right. We go from three to four, four to five, five to six. Right. So it begins. I learned how to do it by using scripts. And the reason that I had to script my response, so what a script means is that you just decide that you are going to say this one thing every single time, no matter what happens. And you practice it before the All event the time. happens. Yes. <laughs> All the time. I, I name it on my, my alarms, on my phone. I set reminders. I would write it out. I would type it out on paper and tape it when the kids were littler tape it on the inside of the kitchen cabinets and every time I opened the cabinet I read my script so that I was training my brain for how to respond to what was happening um, because I'm I have to you know because we have these habits we have these automatic responses and when somebody does something it triggers us and our reaction does and we're just regular old humans ourselves right we're not right. like superheroes where we have brains too and all of our brains operate in the same way so i had to be intentional about choosing which behavior i was going to target first and then scripting the response to the behavior so for example i'm trying to think usually i remember when they were younger and i was first learning this and um Usually the problems would happen when I was busy cooking dinner in the kitchen and the kids were watching TV or supposed to be playing or doing something together, uh, like over the top of the island. It's like an open floor plan. So I'm like cooking and they're over there across the room. And inevitably they would fight or somebody would grab something from somebody or somebody, you know, the typical kids stuff. And so I scripted out, I see a boy who is not being cooperative. That I scripted it out and practiced it. Is that the one that I did? My husband's sitting right there. It wasn't cooperative. That wasn't the word. I see a boy who's not being kind. Yes, I think I remember hearing that from you. you. Okay, I see a boy who's not being kind. All right, so let's break this down. Now, you can probably hear that how I'm, you know, saying I see a boy who's not being kind is like not the typical parent lingo. Um, But when I say, when I don't say his name, because, you know, what my instinct was and what I was doing before I scripted this response was I would say, hey, you, stop it. (laughs) Right? I'd scream his name. It feels really good to do it. Doesn't it's not it? very productive, though. But yeah, it does feel good sometimes. Well, yeah. Well, then you feel bad afterwards. Uh-huh. Well, and here's the truth of it. Here's what the science said. Um, when we talk to our kids like that, we are actually teaching them not, not to, listen. to listen. Yeah. That's right. Turns their brain off. It does. The intensity shoots up. The thinking shuts down. We go on our, you know, lecture or whatever it is. Bah, 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 don't do this. Don't do that you know, everything, and we're not realizing that we're kind of creating this pattern. Right. So I see a boy makes it less personal. But he knows he's a boy. (laughs) 
That's right. That's right. I'm getting his attention. I see a boy. That's me. Right? Now, I have a boy and a girl. So I don't have practice with, I don't have three boys. Right. This might not work if you have three boys. I don't know the but answer But you could adapt. Well, you could adapt it. You could figure out a different solution. And if we're not recording, I'm sure we could come up with something. Mm-hmm. But on the spot, uh-huh. <laughs> it's not well, happening. it's sort of like when I say honey in my house and three people go, Yes, and I have honey number one, that's my husband, honey number two, that's the firstborn, honey number three, that's the second, right? So everybody knows their number, and I go, oh, no, it's honey number one, and they all go, (laughs) (laughs) silly. All right, so I see a boy who is not being cooperative, or no, wait, who's not being kind. Kind, right. When he was younger, smaller words, smaller words for younger, all right, who is not being kind, and so I'm not... I'm, and I know I talked about this in a previous episode, I think, but the idea of saying what you want to see is so important because we want to be giving the information that they need to make the behavior shift easier. So kindness is what I want to see, right? And you're simplifying it. You're not saying a whole bunch of words. No few words. Less is more. Mm, Totally. The average human uh, like attention span for words, I think it's now, it used to be nine seconds. Mm-hmm. I think we're down to 7.3. And like seriously, for kids with ADHD, oh, I'm telling awesome. you, you have two words, like two or three. You got to be able to put it out there and that's it. That's all you got. So, um, so I would script what I wanted and then... And then the other thing to know about this defiance is that when, usually when we're arguing, when we enter into that power struggle, right? Um, Help me with this, Teresa, because this is the same in your practice. Right. It's like an invitation, like your kid does something wrong. Once the power struggle starts. There's no end. Yeah, you, you have to shut it down, not say anything. And try again next time. Yeah, yeah. Nothing like, good will come. Exactly. And so many parents, and, you know, this is um, part of our culture, you know, right? So, so many parents enter into that power struggle and they won't, they won't step out of it because, you know, they're the parent and the kid isn't respecting them and that's not the way that it's supposed to go and all this stuff. Um, But from kind of the brain science perspective, the more that we argue, the more we're teaching them to not regard us with respect. So it's counterproductive. What feels natural and what feels like what we're supposed to do is harmful. Yeah, it's definitely not helping things. Right. All right. So I think the first thing that is important as parents that we are aware of this. Well, just yes. to catch, just become aware that we're doing it. We have Absolutely. to be aware before we can stop yeah. it. Yeah. So I call them the, like the hot spots, right? Every family has got these things that I call circular arguments. And basically it's the patterns that go on during your day. And like I was saying that it was usually during dinner time when the conflict would occur at my house because I can't be in two places at once. And if, as soon as I'm cooking a meal, you know, everybody is, you know, acting up. All right. So the pattern was that this would, I knew what time of day this would happen. 
So I thought about what the typical things were that were happening, scripted when I was calm and my brain was thinking okay, scripted what I want to say in my best mind, right? Because we all have those very ungraceful parenting moments where we... Not me. Lose our... <laughs> I do a lot of times. Yeah, all right. I do often. So it's important to really... This is part of like being intentional and this is part of the mindfulness that we talked about in the last episode, you know, like when you have awareness in the moment, if the train has left the station and you've already lost your shit, don't worry about it. Just, you know, don't beat yourself up over it, but review that and put in place something that can help you the next time Mm -hmm. and then make it available in the environment where you will need it. Yeah. So, so post it in places that you will easily access it. Yes. You know, so it can't be like, you know, a fancy chart that you type up and you laminate it and it's hanging in your office when this sort of thing normally goes down in the bedtime, right in the bed bedroom right before bed. And there's also something when you have it at the place where it occurs, mm-hmm. there's at the more, point of at, performance. At the point of performance, mm-hmm. there's something that happens that kind of connects the two together and it's easier. Absolutely. Yeah. That's behavior modification, right? right? So it's all about that. That it's like our brains, it's like muscle memory, you mm-hmm. know, but it's really thinking memory. When we put all the pieces together and they're in the right place at the right time, then we're able to utilize these skills that we want to begin to build. Mm-hmm. That's how you change behavior. Right. All right. So here's your takeaway for today. The idea of oppositional defiance disorder is really a problem of not understanding or being able to validate these really strong emotions. And this is really hard because the stuff our kids do is dangerous. It is exhausting. It like, you know, I'm not uh, like... It's really hard to get to a place where you it takes effort can accept what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. But for as long as we can't accept it, our kids will they feel that. And that's the defiance, you know? So, um I don't know, right? Like I think it has a lot to do with letting go of what everybody else thinks is right and kind right. of finding your own path. Our kids are different. They're not like everyone else. Yeah. And that's okay. You know what? It's awesome, actually, mm-hmm. once you can accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just such amazing creativity and fun, energetic, you know, so many really cool things. But, But you can't enjoy all that if you are hung up on following society's rules right yeah well and i think the episode today is going to tie in nicely with the next episode awesome yeah so the next episode i think we were going to talk about like do you remember pj's uh my son's school 
the video games. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I okay. think that that's probably something that a lot of parents can relate to. Well, yes. Yeah, so this came out of our Facebook community. Mm-hmm. And um, it's about how to leverage what your kids love, even though you never thought in a million years. I mean, who in the world? I never knew that what he wants to do for a career even could be a career, you know? Yeah. And now here we are. So, um, so lots of parents have asked me to explain this and we're going to talk about it at the next episode. Mm -hmm. And it does have a lot to do with emotion regulation as well, because like you have to have to, you know, feeling motivated is a skill of emotion regulation. Like video games motivate him. Yeah, well, and that's what he loves, you know. And um, that's what a lot of kids with non-neurotypical brains love. And uh, But it can be, it's a really, really tricky thing because when that's the hyper-focus, it's hard to limit it. It's hard to, um, it can, you know, result in all these things. So Balance is needed. Balance, yeah. So this will be the story. The next episode will be the story about how we discovered the balance with the video games. Yep. There so we you go. Definitely we want to listen. Very good. All right. Yeah. And please join our uh, Facebook community called Parenting Balance Podcast Community on Facebook. Awesome. We'll see you there. Thank you for listening to the Parenting Balance Podcast. To join our mailing list, go to parentingbalance.com slash podcast. When you join, you will be notified of upcoming live Q&As. You can help us plan future episodes. We'd love to hear comments and questions. You can reach us by email, hello at parentingbalance.com. And if you found this information helpful, please share it with anyone else who can benefit. And subscribe and give us a rating on your podcast platform. And until then, remember, different isn't wrong. (music) 